All right, the Pelicans beat the Minnesota Timberwolves. So was this a response by Zion or just what we've come to expect from him? I think it's more of the latter, part of the former, but more of the latter, which means the narrative around Zion the past few days was maybe a little bit overblown. And yes, I'm talking directly to Stephen A. Smith. Let's talk more Zion in a live post-game episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Tuesday, a live post-game episode of Locked On Pelicans after they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 121-107, kind of, maybe, a race seen that bad taste of the semifinal loss to the Lakers in the in-season tournament. Zion with a monster game in this one, virtually unstoppable here. 36 points, 76.5% shooting. He was great. We're going to talk a lot of Zion in this one and the national narrative around him. Yes, including the Stephen A. Smith comments on first take on ESPN on Monday. Then we'll get into some of the other standout performers from this game because Herb Jones was a freaking menace. I love a good Herb Jones game. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking this team down for you like you want. A measured take. We're not going to go too high, too low on anything here, whether it's the narrative around Zion, his play on the court, trade targets. We'll get into a little bit of that, I think, tomorrow because I think it's kind of relevant and where this team kind of stands, well, in the standings there. And of course, if you want to support the channel, become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday. If you're here in the live show with me and you are an everydayer, let me know in the comments down below. So let's get into this one because Zion was dominant in this game. Also, shout out John O'Barnes here, one of the best in Pell's Saints social media with some of the greatest videos here. Friend of the show, friend of mine, happy that he's here hanging out in the chat. So subscribe to his channel if you don't already. So let's get into Zion here. I'm going to ask you a question. Let me know what you think. Was this a response game from Zion Williamson or was this just a regular Zion Williamson game? There's no right or wrong answer. This is up to your interpretation here. But the way I view it is I think the narrative around Zion Williams in the past couple of days has gotten a little bit out of control and led to kind of a dog pile where everyone just wanted to kind of pile in on him because you could say whatever you wanted and it was going to lead to good engagement, whether you're local media, whether you're national media with all of it. But I think there's a more measured and nuanced take on that. And that's what I want to try and fill in in today's show. Certainly, look, certainly on the base level, it's a response. He had a bad game the other night. He didn't have a bad game this night. That's considered a response. People have been acting like he's been terrible all season long, and that's not the case. And I think there's a couple lazy narratives around it. You know, in the comments in yesterday's show where we talked to Zion and that Lakers loss, you know, 
a lot of people are like, well, he's averaging season lows across the board. You're not, or career lows across the board. Yeah, right now his points per game are lower than they've ever been in his five-year career, four-year career, because he didn't play a certain year, right? You know, the rebounds are lower than they've been, sure. But you know what? Other numbers are up. And when you look at him finally getting into game shape, more, he's not in shape, no one's saying that, but more of a game shape than he had been. If you look at prior to that Sacramento game, the last eight games or so that he played, he was playing very good basketball. He was averaging at that point 26 points per game, 5.6 assists, five rebounds, and shooting 63% from the field. He was also getting to the line eight times per game and hitting him at a decent rate for him. It wasn't like he's been playing poorly. It's not like Zion has been playing poorly all season long. And when people say, and I've seen a couple of the comments here, be, we need him to be more consistent. Look, it's an 82-game schedule. You're going to have bad games. That happens. It's unfortunate that he had the worst game that he's had this season against the Los Angeles Lakers on the biggest stage. And as I said in yesterday's show, yeah, you've got to step up in those big moments. Absolutely do. And he didn't. But that doesn't mean that he's lazy. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's he's fat. The narrative becomes, can he win big games for you? And that's the nuance that I'm talking about that people are missing. So when I look at this game from Zion Williamson, 36 points, 76 and a half percent from the field, I don't know, y'all. This is kind of like what we've been seeing from him. The eight games prior to that Sacramento Kings game where I don't think he was bad in that game. I think the Kings just really tried to take him away and he did a lot of other things while he had six assists in that game, right? That's important. You know, 26 points, 26 points, 25 points, 32 points in a win against the Clippers, 26 points loss against Utah, not great. 33 points in the win against Philly. Lower game against the San Antonio Spurs, but he did other things well, including seven assists in that game, right? Against Chicago, in a loss, 27 points from him. A lot of turnovers, but 27 points. He's been playing good basketball. And I think everyone just got caught up in a lot of this narrative and let it just get out of control with some of this stuff. And we'll get into some of the specifics where... We look at Stephen A. Smith, Charles Barkley, and some of those things here. So this is Zion, right? Like, I look at this game not as an outlier and saying he was trying. Because look, his defense was bad in this game. It was bad. If you're saying that he was at least trying on that side of the ball. No, it wasn't. His closeouts were terrible. He was lost most of the time. The minutes when he and Jose Alvarado were out there on the court, Jose was telling him where to be because he had no idea. He was not good defensively. The closeouts, he just kind of waddles up and doesn't do much, right? And everyone was bad against the Lakers, as that's pointed out here in the chat as well. I look at this game as more of a baseline game for Zion Williamson than not. And that's why I think some of the narrative has just gotten out of hand when it comes to talking about him. He's good, y'all. He helps you win games. He hasn't missed a game due to injury yet this season. I mean, unless you're counting the rest nights on the second night, some back-to-backs and things like that. He has been good, minus a rough first month of the season when Brandon Ingram wasn't playing well either. Will Guillory, who's a regular on the show of The Athletic, right, talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it last week too. He said just Zion needs to play better, B.I. needs to play better, and these guys will start winning games. Lo and behold, they did. You know, in this run, going into the sh- that eight-game stretch, I said they were five and three. If you're or in the games that Zion played, they were one, two, three, four, five, six, and two. 
that's pretty good. When he's playing, he helps you win. So for all of the people kind of throwing him under the bus, whether it was team and others, I don't know. Some about it just felt like a dog pile that is missing the fact that he has actually been good once he started to kind of get into form. And when he started getting into the form, the team was winning. And notice these narratives weren't there. We'll get into the specific Stephen A. Smith comments here, right? But if you're saying he's out of shape, he's fat, he's lazy, all those things, where was that a week ago? His defense hasn't been good all season. That's fair. But no one was saying that stuff. No one was saying he's not sprinting or not saying it regularly. Where were the articles written about it then? That's what I'm saying. That's kind of where I view this right now. There's more nuance to it. Is criticism valid of Zion? Like, absolutely. Is he living up to his potential? No. And he's still really good. Is that disappointing he's not living up to the potential? Yes, of course. But there's more que- There's better questions to look at. There's better things to say than what we're starting to hear right now. Let's get into the specific Stephen A. Smith comments coming up next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Game Time. I actually like literally just used Game Time to buy tickets here because look, you go to other sites, it can be a pain to buy tickets, right? You're not sure if your seats are going to be good, what the view is going to be. You can't find last minute tickets. Should you buy now? Should you wait? Or you're just going to get hit with tons of fees. You go to purchase your tickets, you think you're getting a good price, and lo and behold, it's like double the price because of different fees and things like that. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seats. Perfect. The all-in price is shown up front. You know you're getting a good deal. And my favorite part is the Game Time guarantee, which means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You don't need to wait. If the tickets drop in price, Cool, 110% of the difference with the Game Time guarantee. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. We just made it easier, cheaper to go to a Pelicans game. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want, including talking about the national narrative around Zion, which we're going to get to here in this segment. And I actually don't like doing this, and I'll explain why, but it's definitely necessary, and we've got to cover it in today's show. And of course, become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday. If you're an everydayer, let me know in the comments again down below here as we're talking about Zion. Do you think this was a bounce back game? Do you think this is more in line with a normal game for Zion Williamson? Let me know what you think. And right now, for your second listen, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. They actually put Locked On Pelicans on there a lot, which is really cool, especially this past week. So we're talking around about Zion Williamson. Bounce back game, eh, I mean, in one sense, yes, but his defense wasn't good. He was not trying as much as people are saying he was on defense and needed a lot of help there. But the offense more than usually makes up for it. And again, I think this game is kind of in line with what we've expected from Zion Williamson and how good he can be. 
and he does well historically against the Timberwolves too. This is the first time he's played against them this season, and he does well against Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. They just don't have the speed to keep up with them. They're big, they're lanky, but they don't have the agility, the mobility to keep up with Zion because he is unbelievable at the rim with some of the things he does. But again, I do think the narrative around him has kind of jumped the shark to use a cliche here and just been a bit of a pile on and like actually unfair. And there's so much to criticize him about that is valid. But also to do it in a reactionary way. And it was a reactionary way after this Los Angeles Lakers loss. Doesn't seem right. Let's start with the big one, because this was the one I was asked about the most. And that was Stephen A. Smith talking about Zion Williamson. And I saw the clip from first take and he said, he's like, and I quote, and I don't have the exact quotes in front of me, but he basically said like he's been talking to chefs in New Orleans and they're telling him they're hoping Zion Williamson comes into their restaurant because Zion's going to eat the table, just eat everything that's put out there. Okay, a couple of things with this. Again, if this has been an issue for a while, where was Stephen A. Smith talking about this a week ago, two, three weeks ago? No one has said anything about Zion negatively because he's been good. <laughs> we just went over those eight games when he was given the effort you want, putting up the points, and the Pelicans were winning games. They're nine and five since that team meeting after that loss to the Dallas Mavericks, and Zion has been really, really good during that time. Defensively, no, but what you expect from him offensively, he's been doing, certainly, right? With Stephen A. Smith, but it was quiet until it became a national narrative, and that's fine. That's fine. I expect national media to do that. And in general, what I like to do on the show is not respond to others. I'm here to talk to you about the topics that matter, right? When someone says something about Zion, I don't care. Usually, we have to address it here. Usually I don't. I don't want to spend my show talking about what other people are saying or talking about. I'd rather talk about what matters to me, what matters to you, the audience, and what matters around the Pelicans, the biggest things that you need to know being a Pelican podcast, right? So that's kind of my usual approach with this show. But the ones with Stephen A. Smith, and again, you're seeing it locally too, kind of piling in on Zion when maybe this Lakers game was more of an anomaly than the baseline for him. Certainly there's room for him to improve, but talk about that, right? Can you win with him as your centerpiece player? All of those things. Those are valid questions, I think. We talked about those if you're an everyday in yesterday's show. Stephen A. Smith saying he would eat the table and chefs and all that and want him to come to the restaurant. A couple of things here. Like, no, that's a fake quote. I'm going to just straight up say there's no way a chef in New Orleans said that to Stephen A. Smith. One, people here in New Orleans are fiercely protective of their own. There is no way a chef is going to be like, oh, yeah, let me disparage Zion Williamson, a local here, especially if Zion goes to his restaurant. If you're Zion Williamson and you hear this, you're going to go to any restaurant if you think the chef is going to go like disparage you to Stephen A. Smith and put you on blast on national media with all of that, right? If you're a chef, doing that's going to potentially hurt your business if you want him or others just coming into your restaurant. That's a dumb freaking move here, right? There's no way that that's an actual thing that Stephen A. Smith heard. Like, get out of here with that. Just get out of here with that. And again, if this was such a big deal, wouldn't the Pelicans be losing more? Wouldn't they not be good when Zion plays? Would he have been averaging fewer than 22 points per game when he averages 
getting closer to some of the best numbers of his career for these past eight games prior to, again, the knockout stages, the Kings game, the Lakers game. And I don't think he was bad in the Kings game. I thought the Kings really just took him out of it and they still won because he was making the right plays and that's why they won the minutes that Zion Williamson was out there on the court. He can pass. He can do other things too. So I don't think Stephen A. Smith has anything here and it's just a dumb narrative. Let's focus on the inside the NBA guys, the TNT, Shaq, Chuck, all of those things. Look, I think there's some validity to the things that they're saying there, but when they, it's really with Chuck. Let's start with him, with Charles Barkley. You know, when he's saying like, oh, Zion's fat, he's lazy, he doesn't do this, he needs a veteran like I had to call me fat and who called me fat and lazy and that made me kind of figure my career out, all those things, like, that's great. And Charles Barkley and Shaq have both said, like, we've reached out to Zion, we want to help him, all of that stuff here. Y'all, if, if someone makes fun of you on a national stage, right, and is like, but I want to help you, you actually going to listen to them? Are you actually going to go to them for advice? Like, no. No, they're not. No, you're not. If you truly want to help Zion laughing and making jokes and saying he looks like a baby of Shaq and Charles Barkley put together isn't going to help him. He's not going to come to you. And so when they say these things and they're like, oh, but we mean it from a good place. BS. They're doing that for ratings and that's who they are. And so that's not what's actually going to help Zion and motivate him to be better. They could reach out one-on-one without saying it in the way that they do. And so that's where I hear all this stuff and it rings really hollow, especially when you have Charles Barkley on that inside the NBA on TNT saying, oh, I haven't watched one full game of Zion this year. Then you're probably not the person to be giving insight on it either, right? That's Probably not someone anyone should be listening to. I talked to someone today before the Pelicans game, and I'm not going to mention them by name. And they said, like, Charles Barkley is literally the only person in the world that is paid to do no preparation or do any of the, like, stuff that he's supposed to be doing. Look, is there criticism of Zion that's valid in terms of him being able to do more and be a better player, commit on the defensive side of the ball? Because... We have seen good defensive games from him, including this season. Yes, absolutely. Talk about that more. But when you resort to the he would eat a table, eat the table, whatever the comment from Stephen A. Smith was, it's lazy, it's reductive, it doesn't really actually accomplish anything, and it's done purely just for ratings, right? You know, the comments to local media kind of throwing Zion under the bus that's a little bit different that's maybe designed to motivate him if they feel they can't motivate him but again we've seen that this guy needs to I don't know there needs to maybe be just be a little bit more empathy towards him with all this he's not also helping himself with some of this too why don't we because we're going a little bit long right now in today's show why don't we talk about that what Zion can do to help that then we'll look at a few other things from this game coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel because as the weather gets colder, the NBA offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. You bet the Pels on the money line tonight on a $5 bet, you would have won your $5 bet. 
and you would have gotten 150 bucks in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's super easy to use, and I love it because they have the wide range of betting options that I'm looking for. Spreads, player props, over-unders, NBA futures, and a ton more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get in on the NBA action you want to get in on this season. FanDuel is official partner of the NFL and the official sports book of Locked On. Again, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on the action. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast coming to you like nobody else does. We're talking national narrative right now around Zion Williamson. We'll get into one or two other things about this game if we have time, but I do want to talk a little bit more about Zion Williamson and the stuff going on around him here. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. We're here Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And if you're an everydayer, let me know in the comments down below. There's a bunch of y'all in here, so I appreciate you hanging out with me late night after the game. Locked On Pelicans after dark a little bit here. So this is kind of fun. Let me know if you're an everydayer. So on Zion Williamson, right, there's a ton of valid criticism. The defense isn't there. I see a couple of people in the chat mentioning the rebounding. The rebounding's not great, particularly on the defensive glass here. But don't forget, like, he is undersized. It's tough for him to rebound over a guy like Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert and some of the other centers in the league. There's a reason why Zion at the five lineups are used very strategically because you're worried about rebounding with that. That's like a valid thing. You know, there have been a couple, there were a couple game plays in this game when he probably had better positioning and should have fought harder for rebounds. I think all of this criticism is valid. All of this criticism is valid about him, but that's not what the narrative has necessarily been, right? It's again, he's fat. He's not conditioning himself. He's not taking it seriously. There's room for him to improve, but don't forget he's also a very good player. And if you read all of the stuff that was out there this past two, three days, you would think this dude sucks that he's been bad all season long and he hasn't been. And that's something that I think, again, got lost in all of this and why there's more nuance to it. No one is saying he is reaching 100% of his potential at all. No one is saying that. I'm not saying that. But it was definitely overblown. And again, a dog pile of people just wanting to get their takes off to get kind of their jokes off and get likes and clout on social media and all of that. And that's why we're taking a more nuanced take here on Locked on Pelicans. Because Zion, look, if you'd heard me and I said it in yesterday's show that I expected a big game from Zion Williamson, not because it was like a bounce back game and because of all of the criticism of him, just because he does well against the Timberwolves. And by the way, he's been good. And in an 82 game season, you're going to have an off game. Again, the question is, is he a guy that you can actually build a championship winning team around? That right now is a valid question to ask. Can you do it if he doesn't commit on the defensive side of the ball and those type of things? I'm not sure. It's an open question. You know, does he have that kind of killer instinct, the will to win, say like an Anthony Edwards who didn't play in this game, right? Another young guy. That's some of the stuff that I think we need to maybe look at and discuss more. But when people are just saying like, he's fat, he's lazy, he doesn't sprint, all of this stuff, like mm, there's, there's just better ways to ask these questions. Again, he is good, right? Like he showed that he's good. He didn't get in shape overnight in this game for this game. And he still went out and did this just like he did in the game against the Chicago Bulls and some of these other ones. 
So he has been good. I, I forgot what the point I was going to make in the segment in the last one either too, when I was like teasing it for this and it just slipped my mind with all of that. But someone can remind me what I was going to talk about, put it, put it in the chat here and I'll, and I'll touch on it. So, you know, there's valid questions around some of this right now, but that's not what you're hearing with the national media, right? Like you're never hearing some of that with the local media and that's what gets kind of disappointing. And, you know, he's good. He's still good. Don't forget that when he goes and does this and he does this far more often than not again, over an 82 game season, you know, that's where you're going to have bad games. It's unfortunate that it was in the biggest moment of the season for the Pelicans, but that's also just one of 82. But will he rise to the occasion in the playoffs? I'm not sure, right? Like it definitely looked like that moment was too big for him. Jackson Hayes pushing him out of the paint. Like you can't allow things like that. That's where you worry. That should be the questions we need to ask after that Laker game, not while he doesn't sprint, right? That's the type of stuff that I think we we need to be looking at and kind of evaluating over the course of a season. If the Pelicans feel they've already evaluated that, well, then you know whether you need to trade him or not by the trade deadline. We talked about that in yesterday's show, if you're an everydayer. So I think this one is maybe more of a baseline from Zion. I think he's been fairly consistent. No one's going to be perfect or amazing every single game in an 82 game season. Once he kind of shook off the rust again, game shape is different than being in shape. And he hadn't played basketball in about a year or so, you know, nine months, eight months, whatever it was, 10 months. He started to go on a run and the team was winning. That's the most important thing at the end of the day is again, good enough to win a title. Hopefully we get a little bit more clarity on that this year. So the Minnesota Timberwolves game here, again, a 121-107 win for the Pelicans. By the way, y'all, Herb Jones is fantastic. I just want to say that. That was like the other guy I really want to highlight in this game. Herb Jones is so unbelievably good. He was guarding guys like Carl Anthony Towns all night. He's a wing player, and he was guarding a center. If you ask Carl Anthony Towns, Carl Anthony Towns is the best like offensive shooting center all season, you know, of the all time. He did an amazing job there. I do think they need to maybe start looking at putting in a guy like um, Jordan Hawkins a little bit more. The Najee minutes in this game were rough. The Jose minutes at times were kind of rough in this game too. You know, you can't play Hawkins and and Jose Alvarado together. And if you want to play Jose, it kind of does then preclude Jordan Hawkins. But they need to look at just a little bit more shooting here. 27 threes in a game probably isn't going to cut it. You need to be taking more of those. There's a couple stats that maybe I'll share with y'all in another episode about all of that. Loved what we saw from Jonas Valanciunas in this game, just kind of bruising inside when he needed to be. One of the big things that I really loved from the Pels here is the free throw advantage they generated here. They took 40 attempts compared to just 19 from the Minnesota Timberwolves. In that third quarter, you had a, a in the first two or three minutes, I think first two minutes, you had a foul on Rudy Gobert, foul on Towns, two on Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and the Pelicans just got aggressive and kept attacking and went to the free throw line an absolute ton. It's exactly what you want to see. This is a team playing to their strength since they're one of the best teams at getting to the foul line. They don't always make them is the problem, but they do an excellent job of getting to the free throw line, taking free throws. Those are arguably, actually, the most efficient shot in the NBA. That's what like every coach wants you getting and wants you doing. And the Pelicans did that. In contrast to this, by the way, 
talk about the Pelicans dictating things, right? The Minnesota Timberwolves were a top five unit in not allowing you to get to the free throw line, not allowing you to shoot, not allowing fouls. And the Pelicans took complete advantage and kind of like imposed their will. And again, that was a lot with Zion Williamson attacking and getting going and doing all of those things here. So it was a great win for the Pelicans, a needed win for the Pelicans. I do think a lot of the the discourse, the narrative around Zion Williamson has definitely jumped things because if you look at a lot of it, you'd think this guy has absolutely sucked this year. He hasn't. There's a lot of criticism of him that's valid. Let's make that criticism the valid criticism and not just kind of go to the the low-hanging fruit, some of those things here. I think he's been pretty good this year, especially once he got into form. Like if you look at some of the the touch he has and some of the layups and things like that, the touch off the rim, there was one that was a spinning layup high off the glass. He got fouled and the shot went in. was absurd. He looks like a guard doing a lot of that. He's still been good. Needs to be better for sure, but he hasn't been like atrocious like people would have you believe. So again, there's more nuance when it comes to the discussion like that. And then you hear the comments from Stephen A. Smith and all of those things and like, Charles Barkley, Shaq, you can make valid points so much better. So we'll just do that here on Lockdown Pelicans for you. That's going to do it for this live episode of Lockdown Pelicans, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Support the channel by becoming an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. If you listen one day a week, listen two days a week. If you listen to two days a week, try three days a week. We're here every single day. The number one Pelicans podcast doing the live shows, things like that as well. So this has been fun. There's a lot of y'all in here. I appreciate it so much. It means the world to me that you're joining me late night. Showing your passion for this team proves New Orleans is a basketball city. If you're in New Orleans, Friday, Pelicans 12, watch party at Mid-City Yacht Club. It's an ugly Christmas sweater party. I'm going to be there watching the game on Friday. Should be a lot of fun. Say hi if you're going to be there. That's it. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.